<laughs> How you been like living up here so far? Good. It's yeah. been really nice. What do you what have you guys done since you've been up here? We went to some hike, some little not national park, but a little park, state park. So that was fun. Um go to Richardson's ice cream. <laughs> have you been? Yeah, I well, I used to live up there, you oh, know yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yeah, at Andover. Yeah. Or just yeah. Um seen family, gone on we went paddleboarding at my mom's place. She has a lake house in Hopkinton, so that's been fun. Hey. <laughs> where, um, wait, you said she has a lake house where? In Hopkinton. It's like where, that's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And it's like the start of the marathon, really famous mm-hmm. for that. Um, but it's a really cute town. It's gotten bigger over the years, but yeah. So she got a lake house and she renovated it recently, her and her husband. So that's been really fun to, like, see the renovations. She has, like, an amazing kitchen. And then, yeah, yesterday we went down, and Devin and my mom went paddleboarding, and it was just so cute. I came, I had two calls. I had two client calls. So I came back out, and they're, like, paddleboarding. I was like, this is so cute. Yeah. Um, how's the transition been for work here? Um, it's been good. Well, because my private practice is online, and I, you know, market through social media and all that, it has, I felt like it's kind of increased a little bit, but it's pretty much stayed the same. And then I'm working at the eating disorder clinic in um, Hawaii, but so it's 5 to 8 p.m. Hawaii time, which means that it's 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. this time. So, but it's only one night a week, so it's not too bad. So, yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> so explain a little bit your title to me and, like, your overall title because it sounds like it's like long. Yes, so not too long, but um, I'm a registered dietitian. Um, I'm an intuitive eating counselor, so that's a certification that I got, um, and then body image coach, so helping women specifically, but all people with um, having a healthy relationship with their body and healing their body image and all that. How did you get into that? Like, what was your like? What drove you to do that? Yeah, so when I first went into college, I, well, one, I took a gap year, and that gap year was pivotal because I got to experience, I, I lived in Costa Rica for a few months, so I got to experience new culture and the food and all of that, um, so that was a really cool experience, and then I went into college thinking that I wanted to study social work. Um, I wanted to help people, right? I just wanted to really help people, but... When I was at UNH, I went to University of New Hampshire for one semester. I was like, okay, I want to, you know, help people. But then my counselor, I remember talking to her and she was like, sounds like you really love food. And then you can help people with food, you know, as a registered dietitian. I was like, oh, okay, that sounds great. Um, And so I went to school at Framingham State. And so I studied there. I studied food and nutrition with a concentration in dietetics. Because you can study nutrition, but being a registered dietitian is a whole nother, like level, and you have to um, do an internship. Now you have to get your master's. You have to do continuing education. Um, so it's definitely a step up from like just studying nutrition. Um, but during that time when I was in college, I struggled so badly with my relationship with food. I obsessed over what I ate. 
I counted calories like to the T. And what is interesting and makes sense is a lot of women uh, or just people studying nutrition, that's what happens. They get so like caught up with that because they're being taught so much information you know, about nutrition. So they feel like they have to be this like perfect eater. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, yeah, so that was kind of my story of like, I became, I was studying to become a dietitian, but I actually like really struggled with food. And then once I passed my boards and really focused, really learned what I wanted to focus on, I wanted, I wanted to help people heal their relationship with food because after I was in college, that's when I started to heal my relationship with food, learn about intuitive eating and learn about like a new approach that I had never heard of in school um, that really just opened my eyes to what, how I can interact and experience food in a new way. Yeah. So I really, I found it interesting because um, obviously I study as much nutrition as I needed for like the personal training side of things, but never really into that depth that you went with what you do. Right. So it's always good to hear a different yeah. perspective when it comes to eating, especially because I'm more like the disciplined eater and I'm like very strict and narrow. And it's probably because of when I learned the things I've learned, I just applied them and said, oh, this works this way for me. I'm going to stick to this. Right. Regardless of how restricting and regardless of how, how hard it is to manage the schedule mm -hmm. of eating. I'm going to stick to it because it's what gave me, like, the body I wanted, mm -hmm. the ability I wanted to be able to perform. And right. I just kind of, like, stuck into that regimen. So it's good to have a different perspective yeah. of how people address that in yeah. general. Yeah. So that's why that's the main reason why I wanted to talk to you. I know. I'm so excited. Because it's, like, opposite sides right. of it. It's, like, really restrictive, and then yeah. there's, like, the intuitive. Mm -hmm. So I want a little more in-depth yeah. of why that's like your route. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, like I said, I was in a place where I just like thought about food all the freaking time. I thought about my body all the time. I shouldn't, I, I didn't say freaking, but yeah, <laughs> like, not, I don't want to swear on here, but yeah, all the time. And it was so stressful. It took away from my life. And so with intuitive eating, it's an approach, it's a, they say it's a self-care approach towards food that integrates rational thought, emotion, and instinct. So you really get to connect with your body. What dieting and what, um, you know, being in this place of restriction and counting calories does is it disconnects us from our bodies. So with intuitive eating, it connects us to our bodies and allows us to understand like, what is our body telling us? Like, how can we listen to what our body's telling us and honor it? Because our bodies are amazing, right? Like they, they communicate to us, but only if we listen to them, that's the big, biggest thing. So yeah, I would say why I went into that was because I knew the approach that I was doing wasn't working and I was like, I need to find a new way. And once I kind of learned about intuitive eating, learned about just a gentle approach towards food, it was like, okay, this is sustainable. That's the biggest thing, right? We want things to be sustainable. Um, and it just allowed me to enjoy life more and not be so fixated on food. For sure. My question would be like into that is, mm -hmm. Is there any discipline in the intuitive eating piece? Yeah, that's a great question. And yes and no, right? We want to have flexibility. You know, you want to be able to 
you know, you planned on Wednesday night to go, you know, you, you plan to eat at home on Wednesday night, but your friends are like, come on, let's go, you know, go get some pizza. Like you want to be able to do that. Right. So I think that's important. Um, there is structure, right? We don't want to just be like, yeah, you know, eat whenever you want and just completely just listen to your, so this is a misconception, listening to your body all the time. That's not what intuitive eating is because there are times, especially for myself, I've experienced a lot of grief in the past like couple years where I didn't feel like eating. Like my, I, my hunger cues were completely shot, like not really functioning and working. And so I had to eat just because I just know I needed food. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think a little bit there, there needs to be some structure, you know, making sure you're having three meals and having snacks and all that. That's so important. But we also want to have flexibility and we don't want to be like, I have to eat at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. I have to eat at 12 o'clock. Right. We want to have some flexibility with it. And um, another question I have is, is it do you think it's for everyone in the sense of mm-hmm. so like when I think about something like what you're explaining, I envision it being for someone that's like far like on the edge of like mm. been dealing with a lot of stuff when it comes to food, really struggle with keeping themselves accountable or like restricting themselves. So like this is something for someone that's like very far off the spectrum when it comes to eating, body, body image, body dysmorphia, all of that stuff. And like this brings them back. Do you think it's just for them or you think it's an approach everyone should have? a great question and I want to just be like everyone and I think I think people can apply some of the things about intuitive eating like so there's uh, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Reich they wrote the intuitive eating book so it's a book it's not just something that I just made up or you know um, and so they wrote the book and there's 10 different principles to it and for example some of them is uh, find satisfaction with food or um, honor your hunger, right? So like those things, I think I think people would want to and I think they could benefit from incorporating the different principles to, of intuitive eating. And for example, if someone, because I, I think I thought about you before, you know, we jumped on here, if someone is wanting to um, increase their muscle mass or they want to, they're like Devin, he's training for a triathlon, right? So like specific things like that, yes, they can still approach it with that intuitive eating lens, but it may have to have a little bit more discipline because you are, you have certain goals. Um, but I think overall, it's just like listening to your body and respecting your body and, um, you know, ultimately giving your body what it needs, which is proper nourishment. And yeah. And, and more than that, right? Like intuitive eating is not just about food. It's about your mindset towards food mm-hmm. and how you think towards food. So that's where I think everyone can benefit mm-hmm. from it, right? Like having a healthy mindset towards food. For sure, because I, I mean, me personally, I mean, it's up for debate, but I don't know if I have the healthiest relationship mm-hmm. with food because part of, part, part of the time I view food as just like fuel. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. My body needs this to be able to function and do the things I want to do, do more of the things I want to sure. do. So cause, so I'm going to eat this because of that. I don't really care for taste. Like I don't, I don't eat necessarily eat food for taste because mm-hmm. it's not like whether it tastes good or not, my body's going to utilize it for what it needs it for. So I try not to envision it in that way. But from a different perspective, like I'm pretty sure right. you'll <laughs> view that and say, oh, that's not really a healthy way to envision that. 
Well, it's interesting because I would say food is so much more than fuel. Like food is satisfaction, it's joy, it's connection. It's so many different things. Like I think of my Nana and she's Italian and she makes all this delicious food and we sit around the table and it, you know, brings us together. Mm -hmm. So in those aspects, it's so much more than fuel and it is fuel, like no doubt. And I think that's where we need to have the the and, okay, f it's fuel and it's all these other things, yeah. right? And that's where I feel like it gets lost in the media because you have the two sides. You have someone like me who's strict and narrow and view it this way, and you have someone like you who view it this way, and there's people that are watching trying to get information, and they'll think, like, okay, I can't be that strict. Okay, well, I can't be that undisciplined. And it's like finding a balance in between that will allow you to kind of, like, find your own space, and that's what – a lot of people really should focus on. But again, everyone's different. And me personally, I do well with like the strict and the discipline eating because it's like, it's what works for me. Like the other way, I'm like all or nothing. So if I go to a point where I'm eating all these things, I'm eating for, I'm like eating emotional eating, I'm like doing things that I physically, doesn't really think it's for me, but like mentally it stimulated me and I'm eating for that. I'm going to go all in. And it's just mm. like, oh, while that may be stimulating and benefiting my like emotions and all this stuff, my body's not going to respond well to it. Sure. Yeah. And I think, well, what you just said is so good and something that I work on with clients all the time. Like, I don't think I've ever worked with a client that doesn't think like this with the all or nothing mentality. Mm -hmm. And that all or nothing mentality from what I've experienced is it keeps people like stuck. It mm -hmm. keeps people like, oh, we, you know, I, I can't do this because I'm trying to think of an example. But um, for example, this is I, this just came up with a client. Um, she bought groceries and she bought it on Sunday. And she said to herself, she was like, okay, I can't have it until Monday. Monday is when I'm supposed to eat all these groceries. And we talked about it and we're like, why, why can't you eat it on Sunday? You just bought the groceries, right? So that's where the all or nothing mentality gets people stuck, confused, and just like feeling kind of frustrated and possibly like mad at yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's what I call it. So it's black and white thinking, all or nothing. I call it the gray space, meeting in the middle with the gray space where, you know, you, for example, your emotional eating, um, what you said about <coughs> that is we don't want to like emotionally eat. We don't want to have food be the answer every single time. May it be the answer sometimes like, all right, let's just go out to ice cream. I've had a really stressful day. Great. Other times I've had a really stressful day. Let me take a nice bath or let me take a hot shower, right? Like we want to have other coping strategies when those emotions come up. Um, and I think, yeah, thinking in that all or nothing mentality definitely keeps people stuck in like dieting, but then extreme healthy eating and just like can't find that balance, that sweet spot. And do you think um, a lot of this is to avoid dealing with like the body image issues or the body dysmorphia or the eating disorders or those those things those things along those lines or is it to avoid this stuff or to manage it yeah so a lot of people are using food to cope right for for eating disorders specifically and for for all of this usually it's because 
people don't want to feel something. Mm -hmm. So they're using food to cope in a certain way. So for example, I, I work with clients who have binge eating disorder or, you know, maybe they don't even have the diagnosis, but they do that or they restrict in your body. You feel that heaviness, that tension in your stomach so that, you know, you just got into a fight with your boyfriend and you binge. Well, I'm not going to think about the fight with my boyfriend because I feel it so heavy. I feel that heaviness in my stomach. So a lot of times it is just it's not wanting to address the feelings that you have. It's not wanting to, you know, maybe talk to somebody and, and speak up for yourself. There's so many different reasons why. But yeah, with the with the body image, with eating disorders, it's definitely a coping mechanism and a way to avoid the feelings that, you know, we all need to experience, but yeah. it, it can be uncomfortable. For sure. And I say that because even with like me being myself, people will look at me and was like, oh, your body's perfect. I still deal with like body yeah. image issues just because of who I am and how I view food and how I train. I It's big that I focus on how I look. It's yeah. just, it's something, it's how I got into fitness and it's what's been keeping me like driven the way I am. So I still deal with those type of issues. And that's why I asked, do you think it's intuitive eating is something that can help people avoid that? Or it's just something to help people like manage the way they feel towards it? Yeah. So intuitive eating will help you because what it does is it gets you out of that black and white thinking and it helps with you respecting your body and caring for your body in a whole nother way. Like not like, oh, okay, I'm going to go to the gym seven times a week kind of way. It's like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym five times a week and then I'm going to rest and then I'm going to do yoga and, you know, take care of my body like that. So I think the big part with, with our culture is the emphasis on certain body sizes and shapes and how we, we think that a, that certain body is automatically healthy just based on how it looks when we know that's just not, that's not true, right? That's not true. We can't determine someone's health based on how they look. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's weight stigma, it's fat phobia, where it's just like, yep, you're, you're healthy because you look like this, or you're not healthy because you look like this. Like, we don't know. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We definitely don't. We don't know, because yeah. I know some people that um, take, like, performance enhancement drugs, they're on steroids, and they look like they're healthy. But me personally oh. knowing them, I'm like, you're not that healthy if you have to take something that manipulates your body in a way that makes you look healthy. Right. It's never really about how you look. But there are some interesting, like, situations where people, there's, like, weight in general was never meant to be used as a measurement for health right. or right. how you look in general. But you can use it in certain situations where it's very evident that someone is visibly overweight in the sense of where people just can, like, the common sense piece that kicks in. But you never know, like, the measurements of like what their blood work is saying. Right. This is what I'm saying. Yes. A lot of people should focus more so on because I don't look at someone and say like, oh, because they look this way, they're not healthy or they're not. I'm more interested in do, since we aren't using what their weight and all this stuff looks like is what are their like blood work say? Yep. Because it's, that's to me is more like the focus on things that we can actually change, yeah. especially when you get certain clients. Like I have a client that's, very overweight, and I just started training him probably 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. And care less about what he weighs. Mm -hmm. It's more so about how he feels. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't feel good. Yeah. So we're addressing his feelings and how he can change his 
look on exercise, his look on food, and his internally it changes blood work and all this stuff. And we're working on how to fix that stuff. The way he looks is just going to be a product of his consistency and how disciplined he becomes along the journey. So it's hard to get people to really understand. It's never really about the way you present yourself because people, 200 pounds on me may look different from 200 pounds on someone else. It's just a number. Yeah. Yeah. Not focusing on the number. And my clients specifically, we say like literally don't even step on the scale, get rid of the scale because I want you to experience how you feel. And when you have better energy because you're taking care of yourself, you're nourishing your body, you're exercising, you're doing all those things. And something too with, with this whole body image and all of it is, is that it's someone who is in a larger body and then maybe they lose weight. That doesn't automatically mean that they're going to love their body, right? Mm. We Sometimes that's, that's a huge mis- misconception is like, oh, once I get to this size, I will love the way that I look. Guarantee someone out there listening, you're not. Because what body image is, it's all in your mind. It's how you perceive yourself. So if you are still calling yourself names and, you know, beating yourself up in your head and saying not nice things, yeah, you're not going to feel good about yourself. You're not going to feel good about your body. And body image is also rooted in self-esteem, right? So increasing your self-esteem and taking care of yourself, knowing that you deserve care, you deserve food, you deserve uh, movement and and pedicures. And it doesn't even have to be like that, but like you deserve those things. You deserve to take care of your body. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a, I want people to focus on how they feel, but Mm -hmm. I know there's so much noise out there that's saying like, look at the way that I look or when I lost X amount of weight, you know, whatever is out there, there's so much out there with influencers and and people with a lot of misinformation. That's really unfortunate. (laughs) And I I mean, like I said, I still deal with body image issues and people will think I'm crazy, but it's just like, I know my body and I pay attention to myself. So I'm very, I critique myself Mm -hmm. all the time. It's definitely not healthy, but it's just something that's like embedded in me. Mm. And is that something you want to change? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's something I think about often, but I don't I think part of it is like my discipline and I like that about myself because I, I do get stuff done. There's no room for me to like be focusing on anything outside of what I'm trying to accomplish. It allows me to just be in line with my goals. But it takes like a human aspect off mm-hmm. of it because I feel like robotic sometimes. I'm just like go, 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 go. Yeah. But it works for me. I get stuff done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like that's just like yeah. my balance with it. I'm like, oh, I can deal with the little bit of mental piece I do it because yeah. I get the things I want to get done, I'm able to get them done. Yeah. Do you feel like, I'm curious, <laughs> just because of uh, your Instagram and your your position in, in the, the fitness world, do you feel like you have to maintain a certain image and maintain your physique? <laughs> um so people take you, quote, unquote, like seriously or so that people, yeah. Um, partly, yes. Yeah. Not as much because, I mean, for a while I try to really harp and focus on my page being about more about what I'm doing, right. less, less about how I look. So I try not to really portray, like, yes, you visibly can see me in my videos, but it's more so about the movement of my body Function, and yeah. how, I'm doing, how I'm doing a lot of these exercises. And my body's just a byproduct of that. But I do feel like there's a little bit of pressure to 
uphold that because yeah. people have certain expectations. When, like, when I scroll through Instagram, whether I'm scrolling for food or I'm scrolling for I'm scrolling for something that will resonate with me or something right. that motivates me or something that will help me change. And it's not always movement. Sometimes it may be the way somebody looks or I see a house that I I aspire to have or something like that. So it's like we're visual people. So looking at something that we see as what's the word? Um visibly um um Yeah, like appealing or just yeah, like appealing, attracted just appealing to that. Or attracted yeah. to it. it it helps. Right. It helps. It draw you to, because a lot of people, for instance, I'm sure this happened. A lot of people won't focus on what I'm doing until they are okay with how I look. It's just the fact of yeah. how the internet works. It's just and it makes uh, it does. It's not. It's not the greatest, <laughs> but fortunate enough for me that there's part of me that I want to be healthy for myself yeah. and being healthy and moving, doing things I do normally means I'm going to look the way I look because mm -hmm. I'm on top of whatever I'm dealing with. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like for at least my clients, we just really try to detach worth from their body, right? Like you are so worthy because of who you are, because of just you existing rather than the way that your body looks, the way that you look in a bikini, the way you look in a dress. Right. Um, and it, it's so hard in our culture because of the social media and just maybe even childhood experiences. I would say I have at least 80% of my clients have had parents or caregivers or people around them fat shame them or are you going to eat that? Like those types of things, which like, oh my goodness, that is so not supportive and not benefiting that human in any capacity because that just breeds shame and mm -hmm. shame grows in secrecy. Shame grows when it doesn't have a place to go and, and people don't want to talk about the the stuff that like is, you know, deep within their soul. And usually when clients work with me, then they do, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's just so much shame, shame out there, body shaming, all of it. So How much of what you do you feel like is like, guess it would be all is based on your own experiences with food and yeah. and how you view things because I feel like in your case and in my case as well how we develop through our passion and what we do is rooted from yeah. what we've been through but do you feel like it could create a little bit of biasness on it sure yeah absolutely like and I've, I've approached, or recently, that's been something that I've been working through. Um, yeah, something that I've been working through because I'm like, I want to know different opinions, but I also, like, I, I know what works for me. I know, like, what I'm tethered to because, like, this has helped me feel good mentally, physically, emotionally, all of that. And when we talk about health, which... Um, I think is important on this podcast and just in general talking about health, like we all have different, different, different definitions of health. So we all have different definitions of health. And so for me, when I approached or, you know, looking at my past, that wasn't healthy. I was maybe physically healthy. I looked physically healthy, but emotionally, mentally healthy. No, but with this new approach and we're with the approach that I have now with intuitive eating, just being kinder and gentle, more gentle with myself, 
it has allowed me to improve my mental health and my physical health, my emotional health, my relationships with people. So yes, maybe I'm biased, but it like it works for me and I've seen it work for clients. So I'm like, I think it's I think it's, you know, well. This well. this will be a little personal, but do you okay. still have? I mean, because I, I mean, I said I have it. Do you still have moments and days where you don't like your body, or yes. you don't? Okay. Yes, mm. I knew you were going with that, and I was like, <laughs> yes. And I had a um, amazing <clears throat> body image coach on my my podcast, and uh, what she said resonated with me so much because we're taught, or at least. The conversations I've had, um, it's like, you're not going to love your body every day, right? You're not going to love it, you know, work on respecting it, work on, you know, treating it with kindness, all of that. But she said, no, what if you do love your body, but you're not like attracted to your body or you don't have that like, oh, I look so good today, but you love your body because it's carrying you through life. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I think that's so important that we like we say we can love our bodies every day but do I always love what I look when I what I see in the mirror you know my my appearance no because that's just part of being human and like and and that's where our mind tr- plays tricks on us cuz one day don't like what I look the next day 24 hours later <laughs> you know I'm like oh I love my body this is great you know so that's where it's like it's, it's a lot of what's going on in our minds. But, yeah, I, I struggle with negative body image days. But I, I now have, like, tools and coping strategies on what to do when that happens so it doesn't turn into a week of me, you know, feeling uncomfortable and not liking my body, you know. For sure. That's, that's I'm, you know, I really want to ask, ask yeah. that one because I still <laughs> deal with it myself. Yeah. So, so normal. at the opposite end of the spectrum, I wanted to see if it was something – even though you are okay with the way you're eating now and your relationship with food is better and all these things, do you still deal with yeah. the body image? Yeah. And I think that's, nothing is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Like nothing is, well, in, in my mind, I'm like, nothing is absolute. Nothing is 100%, right? So that means that, yeah, maybe <coughs> 90% of the time I feel great in my body and then 10% I don't, right? So there's, there's that um, in between and it's okay for that, to happen it's okay for you for people to experience like you know not great body image days and knowing what to do when that happens and you know if you're feeling like that 100 percent of the time working on feeling better in your body you know yeah so it's interesting i've been doing a little reading and i do a little just deep diving on different topics love and it the most recent one has been like um, burnout in general mm-hmm. so like how do the biggest thing people want to do, they want to avoid burnout. And a lot of, a lot of times I've been reading and it's been saying it's not, it's not necessarily something you can avoid. It's something you just got to know how to manage. So when I think about all these things, when it comes to like the body image, even something as serious as like eating disorders or anything dealing with food and like exercise is, I think a lot of these things are just a part of life. Yes. It's so true. It is a part of life. And I think there's multiple aspects of this where, you know, setting boundaries with things. Maybe if you're scrolling on social media and you're noticing that that's like not supporting you and it's just making you spiral, then setting boundaries with that. And I think, I don't know if we read the same book, but I read the book called Burnout. And what they say is you want, we all have stressors in our lives, whether it's 
eating, whether it's um, work, whatever, relationships, whatever it is, we all have those stressors. We want to complete the stress cycle. And in order for us to do that, one, we have to acknowledge what that stressor is and see what feelings come up when, when stuff happens. And then we want to complete that cycle. And what they say, there's seven different things. And don't quote me on this. There's, <laughs> I probably know a few of them. But exercise, which is great. But I also, I also caution, like you don't want to overexercise or mm-hmm. like only use that. Um, crying, laughing, doing something creative. And then there's a couple more. But we want to, essentially what you're doing is finding a coping strategy for that stress. And for most people out there, right, like a lot of people are stressed all the time. Mm -hmm. And so we're constantly in that stress cycle and not completing it. We're just like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're just like stuck in it. And what that does too to the body, if we're, we're kind of bringing it back to that, is that puts a lot of stress on the body. So much stress that that could essentially, accumulation of stress, allostatic load, causes diseases Mm -hmm. in the body. So sometimes it may not even be the food that you're eating or the exercise that you're doing. It literally could be the accumulation of stress that you have in your body um, from not like completing that cycle and, you know, finding coping strategies. Yeah, because I think that really changes the perspective of how you deal with these things if you just view them as like a part of part of life. It's like it's mm. these are not things you're gonna avoid, and people like demonize them because they're like, I want to avoid them, and then they happen, yeah. and they're like, oh, this is the worst. Like, why am I dealing with like body image? Why am I dealing with like an eating? When it's all something that's just supposed to be a part of the life, and just understanding how to get through them and deal with it as it happens kind of suits you better than trying to avoid them. Yes, absolutely. And seeking support, right? So Mm. seeking support so you're not like, if you're feeling like you're in the trenches, someone can help you, you know, come out of those trenches Mm -hmm. and and show you ways to manage it. Because like you said, stuff's going to come up. Like Mm. you're going to get in a fight with your boyfriend. You're going to get in a, you know, you're going to get fired from your job, whatever it is, hopefully not. But like Mm -hmm. those things come up. And so how you deal with them and manage that and how you kind of regulate your nervous system because that's what we're talking about stress is like Mm -hmm. bringing this our nervous system our heightening it um our sympathetic nervous system so we if we can like bring our nervous system down and just like you know focus on doing things that calm our nervous system that's so important and something that I've been like researching even more and more because it's so helpful for my clients and myself. And for sure. And that's how I feel like that's kind of how I use exercise. Exercise yeah. is like my staple that keeps me like grounded and yeah. like level headed when it comes to all the other areas of my life. So yeah. that's why. Yeah. And I think, like I said before, I think that exercise is a great tool and not relying on it 100%, right? So yeah, you're like, you, yeah, what do you mean well. by that? So like, if you're like, okay, I feel stressed, I'm just gonna exercise, having something else you can do, mm-hmm. you know, like talking to somebody, or like I talked to clients about this, but like journaling, like, oh, I'm so mad at exercising, mm-hmm. whatever happened, and just like writing it out, um, or, you know, crying, or doing something creative, you know, just doing something not having that be the thing that you do 100% of the time, but having these other modalities that you can use as well. And that's, I feel like that's something you have to like train yourself. Oh, 100%. Because, practice. Yeah. Because yeah. exercise is my yeah. go-to no matter what. And so, certain things just don't give me that same 
feel yeah. that I need when I'm trying to like have an outlet and exercise usually give that. But it's definitely something you can train yourself to do deal with when it comes to like journaling or going for a walk or talking to someone. I'm not big on talking, so like talking is not my thing. I won't yeah. Well, I'm big on talking, just not talking about like my feelings. I don't really right. care to talk about my feelings yeah. to people. It's not my thing. And that's <laughs> and that's probably exactly what you need to do. Oh, for sure, oh, for sure. <laughs> and that's why I've been liking doing the podcast because yeah. it's a lot easier when you talk about things I'm passionate about and then how I feel end up coming out instead of me just talking about my feelings. Yeah, that's just totally. It's just more of a like kind of natural way rather than like, oh, I have to do this right now because I've just felt this way. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And and I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. It's, that's why I wanted to have you on to get yeah. just really another perspective of food, fitness, and just life in general. Yeah. Do you feel like you are in a good place with all of, all of that stuff now? Yeah. Like looking back, definitely. I think my biggest challenges right now in terms of all this is just preventing it. You know what I mean? Like with social media and with with like the beauty standards and all of that, doing the work to prevent it because I feel like I'm in a solid place with myself and who I am and my food and all of that. And I see people just going through the trenches and I want to like one, you know, I do support them, mm-hmm. my, my clients and everything, but I want to create just such a safe space and just a welcoming and loving space for people um, that, you know, with social media, sometimes we don't see that. And so for me now, it's just the preventative part of it, you know. So I, I'll ask you the same question you asked me. Um, do you feel the pressure from what you do mm. to kind of stay in that realm of thinking and intuitive eating. Mm. Because what if something happened and you felt like you want to be a little more disciplined, you want to be a little more focused on these things, you want to change these things. It kind of like changes your whole yeah. narrative, right? right? Do you feel like that's something that you can't do? Because I watched a few coaches I like follow on social media when they're when they weren't at their best, like physically or mm-hmm. what they say, they they talk about movement. They talk about like love yourself. And then they had a transition where they started getting a little more serious or a little more disciplined and a little more focused and their body changed. So now their whole image changed. Mm. They're, they're like talking about abs. They're talking about they just completely like had to rebrand themselves, which for me personally, I don't really always think is a good mm-hmm. thing. But we are we are human and life happens and we change and we grow and we want to experience different things but do you feel like there's pressure for you kind of not I feel like it's kind of like the whole if Lizzo would like lose weight Mm. thing how would that Mm -hmm. affect her like brand oh this is such a good question and I'm glad that you asked this because this actually came up for me in the past few months so in the space that I'm in with intuitive eating anti-diet right I don't believe in diets I don't believe in like intentional weight loss because what we found over the years with diets is it's not sustainable. Um, that's just a side note. But what I have found is in this space, um, people have gone to the other extreme of like, who cares what you eat? You know, it doesn't matter. Oh, you don't need to work out. You know, just kind of more lackadaisical, just like not caring about your health. And I, I was like, okay this is not, this doesn't align with me. Like this doesn't feel good. Cause I do think what you eat is important. 
your movement, your mental health, like all of those things are so important. And just finding that balance again. So I've had to kind of check in with myself and like, okay, what do I, what I'm seeing all these dietitians, I'm seeing other people out there, some of them, you know, not all of them, but like going this route. And I, I just want to align with or focus on what feels right for me or what my values are. And so I have had to like, you know, okay, what do I believe? And how can I like preach that message and not say, you know, you can have like cake for breakfast. That's what some of the message I'm just like, but no, like why, (laughs) you know, like that, is that really going to support you? Like you can give yourself permission to have that. That's great. Like you tell yourself I can have cake for breakfast. Maybe you have like a tiny piece, but like, is, is that going to support you for the rest of the day? Is that going to make you feel good? So that's where I'm like, okay, we have to find a balance where it's just like, not you're not restrictive dieting you're not saying f it like you're you're finding a a balance that works best for you and your lifestyle your preferences all of that so yeah i've definitely yes i have i've i've been going through that right now as i was i was expecting i don't know i think i was expecting the opposite opposite answer yeah yeah. but i was curious because i obviously devin is my best friend so i know how he operates my boyfriend it's more so how i operate and it can bleed onto you. Sure. Like your ways can bleed onto him and your his ways can bleed onto you. Yeah. And when you're dating, especially me and per, my relationship, I try not to impose my beliefs mm-hmm. on the way she should be eating, the way she should be doing things. If she asks for advice or my perspective on things, I try to give it without like yeah. being too direct. Because I know I'm direct and just how I deal with my clients, like there's no emotion involved. It's mm. sense of like A, B, C. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this is how this we do this, this is how we get there. So you you can't be with be that way with people that you're emotionally connected to. I, I definitely think Dev and I have had like influence on each other in a in a healthy way, I would say. We definitely had some conversations and, you know, disagreed, but we what, what it comes down to is like, we want to care, we care about our health. And for me, it's just like, I don't want to be obsessed about my health. I want to care about it, but I don't want to be obsessed about it. Because what that does is that impacts my mental health and that doesn't support my mental health. But I think he's um, impacted me in the way of like, a little bit more discipline, right? Because I was in that, I was in the other realm of like f it you know whatever and so a little bit more discipline of like okay I do like creating a structure around exercise or knowing you know I'm going to go to the gym this day and that day whatever um so he has impacted me with that and that discipline part is important and it's it's a weird conversation in the space of intuitive eating um or it's an interesting conversation in the space of intuitive eating because I do believe discipline is important. Do you need to be disciplined and structured all the time? No. And is there grace with your discipline? Like if you, you know, say you're going to do something and then you don't do it. Yes, there's grace. You know, I think that's where you're having a healthy mindset is going to be important. But yeah, I've definitely been like, okay, a little bit more discipline is, is supporting me, you know? I I like that because I, when once I knew you guys were moving together, I thought that would happen. I feel like it's it was impossible that it couldn't happen. Right. 
Totally. But I've had an influence on him, too. Don't forget about <laughs> it. <laughs> so um, I'll ask you this, and um, you'll be able to answer it more so from your perspective. So when it comes to, in general, how most, like, most of the stuff you see on the Internet, how they preach, like, the... It pretty much, to me, from the outside looking in, looks like they're preaching something that requires no effort, mm. requires no discipline, requires no it's no structure. It's just, like, free for all. Like, eat this because it makes you happy. Don't tell yourself no ever. Just do it. Yeah. And it's hard for me to, like, like, no, that's wrong. Like, that's horrible advice. But I understand it when you are talking to someone who has that mindset of, like that unhealthy mindset of I shouldn't eat this, 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 this. It's like yeah. very, like how do you deal with that? Yes. Because I don't think that just saying free for all is correct. Like that doesn't work in my eyes. I feel like there's more work to need that needs to be done and better ways that need to be addressing these issues yeah. for these people than saying do whatever you want all the time. Just go for it. Yeah. Like I don't think that's going to help them no. at all long term. No. I feel like as humans, we want and crave structure. Just, and it doesn't need to be, again, like to the T, all of that, but we kind of, we want that. And so, for example, with my clients, um, they sometimes fear certain foods, right? There's a lot of misinformation out there, so they'll fear just eating a cookie, right? There's a lot of stress that goes into just eating a cookie. Mm -hmm. And so, what maybe what you see is just like, all right, eat a, eat a bunch of cookies and like, you'll be good and, you know, eat them all day, you know, I don't know, whatever you're seeing out there. And so what I like to do is create structure around mealtime, you know, having an idea of when you're going to eat and then adding that cookie in to that mealtime. So you're having structure, but you're not feeling like so out of control mm-hmm. um, because that's what people feel if, if, they're listening to that. They're like, okay, I'll just eat whatever. Um, they feel out of control, but we want to contain it a little bit and not like, yes, you have control about what you eat, but we don't want it to be uh, like so fixated on that. But yeah, creating structure, having the cookie, adding that in, and then continuing from there, but not but not this this effort mentality, yeah. not not supporting. So that's what that's yeah. what I personally when I. That's all you see online. Mm. Like, that's what I thought it was more so about. Yeah. And I'm glad you were able to educate me well, that's more the, so. It's so good because it's. I'm glad you brought it up because that's the all or nothing thinking. That's the other side of it mm-hmm. where it's just like, oh, you know, or, okay, I have to follow a diet to a T, right? That's one side. And then the other side is just eat whatever you want. Just eat all the cookies. How, how is that helping, right? Yeah, all or nothing, yeah. Does it? And I've, that's all you see online. And I felt – I felt like it was and I had created this own narrative in my head about like dietitians online I was these people don't know what they're doing and it was just my personal perspective of it because all I seen was them saying like just do whatever you want I was like how does that get you to the goal of taking care of yourself like what does that do for you long term I feel like it makes it worse sure because once you really open that door it's gonna be hard to limit yourself or have more structure because you completely opened it and said, do whatever you want, eat whatever you want. So how do you get them back away from that? Yeah. So, okay. So this is so, I love this. Um, So with that, so someone and, you know, someone who's in the kind of trenches of 
disordered eating and they fear certain foods and they're like thinking about foods, feeling guilty around foods, you know, them, I think dietitians that you see, it's just like out there being like, eat the foods, like it's fine, right? It's like, it's okay. And I think their messaging is maybe a little off, but their intention is okay, right? Give yourself permission to have those foods. That's totally fine to have those foods, but also like, that's not what you're gonna do forever. And so I think that's a, a missing link is, so for example, there's this idea of habituation. Habituation says that the more the repeated, hold on, go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, habituation says that the uh, repeated exposure that you have to a food or whatever it is, the less stress, the less, um, draw that you have towards that food. So for example, cookies for a client, they used to binge on cookies, you know, they fear cookies. What we want to do is to have cookies more often and make them available to them. And you may be saying, this person's going to want cookies for the rest of their life. They're going to want them every single day. And what we find is over time, it, it just, the amount of cookies that they eat and, you know, whatever food it is, declines. So they don't want them as more because they know that they can have them. So, and this is so important. I see this all the time. I have clients sometimes that, you know, eat a lot of peanut butter at one time. And so once we allow them to have peanut butter, incorporate it in their, in their pattern of eating more often, they don't crave it as much. That's just like, it's, it, I'm telling you, it works all the time. Like it, 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 makes, it works all the time. It makes sense. Now as you say it, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Do you think having, so I've had to struggle with my parents because if my parents knew better, they'll do, they would do better. Like they don't understand the way they should be eating. They only know what they know and they learn from their parents or whoever. So they think going to the grocery store is just getting frozen foods, getting whatever and putting meals together and just like, oh, I ate today. But they could have gone through a full day of eating and not obtaining one thing that their body actually needed mm -hmm. and you go on years and years and years and you teach your kids it and it just it travels and yeah. it it's just because they don't know so do you think having that knowledge yeah. will help people more or is it too much information because the flip side of it is the too much information you become obsessive yes and you become fixated on the calorie intake and the calorie you burn in and all that stuff so it's like where is the oh, middle so ground? Good. Such a good point. Yeah, like knowledge is power, absolutely. And too much knowledge can make you feel paralyzed. So that's what out there in the social in social media, all the misinformation, I have clients that are just like, I literally don't know what to eat because this person says I should have oatmeal. This person says I shouldn't have oatmeal. Like, I don't know what to have, right? So I think, um, yeah, knowledge can be really helpful in education, just like Basic nutrition education can be really helpful for people um, in in helping them make, you know, uh, healthy decisions and decisions that support their well-being. Um, and we have to look at their mental capacity and their financial uh, the financial big, aspects, right? Their if do they have access to a grocery store around the corner? You know, whatever it is. But there's so many. There's so many more things that we have to think about um, with that, with someone like eating healthier and wanting to make those decisions. Yes, it's knowledge, but it's also those other things. 
And I, I think about that when I think about like the moderation thing people mm-hmm. preach. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so tricky because everybody has a different definition. Yeah. Like moderation for me is like every three months I'll have something that I don't like. Moderation, somebody was like, oh, I'll have this four or five times a week. Right. But it's like you got to find like that ground of like what's actually benefiting for your body. Yes. And that's why I don't always hate online when they like demonize certain foods because some people have no idea what, mm. what a food could be doing to them. Like they okay. have zero perspective of what's in it, why is it in it, and how does it affect my body. I just eat it. Like there should be a little bit of sure. knowing like some of this, if I have too much of this yes. and this is in everything, I'm not going to feel great. Yeah. So I feel like there's, it's just the way you put the message out totally. needs to be better. A lot yeah. of people are like way too dogmatic about it. It's like this kill you. Yeah. And it's not, it's not that black and white. It's a lot, a lot of gray area oh in that. Gosh. So it's like, yeah. you just got to understand what message is for you. Yeah. And a lot of times just having more information is good for people because there's a lot of foods or a lot of vegetables and a lot of fruits that, depending on where you get them, depending on when you get them, and when you consume them, they're not always great for you. And you have months and months of obtaining these and consuming these things, and you feel a certain way. It's good to know, like, you can point back to, right. why am I feeling this way? Yeah. So I feel like that's very helpful for people to have that information. And some of what on the Internet is just giving people information about these different types of oils and different type of things that will have you feeling a certain way if you consume too much of it. But it needs to be made prevalent. Like, you have to consume too a lot. Too much yeah. of it, yeah. But that's the other thing. Oh. What too much is to you is not the same sure. to me. Yeah. So I'm thinking, like, oh, I have it just in the morning. Somebody, like, I had it in all my meals today. I mean, not tomorrow. But it's like, you don't know, but your body does. Your body's going to respond to the too much. So if you're feeling sick, you're feeling all these things from it, then it's probably too much. You can't really be the judge of it yourself until you can really acknowledge how you physically feel. But there is this aspect of that people deal with. Because I'm happy with the way I look, you can, like, trick yourself to thinking that you actually feel good, but you could be sick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I see a Mm. lot of that. And I I like to ask people that as well. I asked this on my last podcast. Can you be happy and unhealthy? Ooh, shit. <laughs> so in the sense of Unhealthy like, in what way? Like, are we talking physical, mental, emotional? Like, because that's what I, when I think so, of the word health, right? I'm like all in So not, not, not physical. So you, okay. so what I'm saying more so, like, yeah, so physical, not like appearance. Mm-hmm. More so like physical, like you're, you can be like diabetic. You can be all these things, but your mental health is in state. You're. Your work-life balance is great. Your relationships are good. But physically, internally, you're not healthy. Like, your organs aren't, you're not in a good position where you can actually perform and do things properly. Do I think that it can impact your life and put you in situations that are undesirable? Yes. Do I think that someone can still maintain a sense of joy and happiness? Because they have other things in life that bring them that, yes. So, <laughs> but longevity wise, okay. So if we obviously yeah. life happens, a lot of people die from freak accidents. But if we could view life as, if I take care of these things, I'll live according mm-hmm. to how well I take care of myself. Yeah. If you're only focusing on the happiness of 
the way you feel emotionally, mentally, and not your like physical health. How long do you actually yeah. survive? Okay. I mean, there is some, yeah, there is some validity to that. I would say I'm like, oh, this. I'm gonna need to think on this one a little <laughs> bit more. And you know what? I just thought of. Um, and you can look this up, or people listening can look this up. There's a study, it's called the Rosetto Effect. And I'm like, don't quote me on like all the specifics of it, but generally speaking, there was uh, people from Italy who immigrated over to Pennsylvania in a town in Pennsylvania. And they, the, the town around them, this was in the 1960s, the town around them had a lot of issues with uh, or just in the, in the country, had a lot of issues with heart disease that was on the increase. And this specific town didn't. And researchers were like, or doctors were like, what's going on? Like, why is this town healthy? Why are they happy? Why are they, you know, living well? And what they found, then they, they looked at their diet, of course, right? They looked at their activity. Activity wasn't any, they weren't doing a ton of movement, Um their diet, lots of lard, just they were smoking, they were not eating a ton of vegetables, like all these all these things that you're like, wait, that's not healthy. Yeah. Like what? What they found was they had such a close knit of community and they had people that they could laugh with and enjoy life with. And um, they just had such a strong sense of community and that decreased their stress in life, right? We talked about it before, but like mm -hmm. decreased their stress in life and that improved their health. These people weren't experiencing the heart, heart disease, um, uh, hypertension and strokes that the people in the country were experiencing. Um, so I would recommend people to like look up that study, but to that, your point, like I'm just like community is so important, no, social, no. right? Like all those things are I so important. Yeah. I feel that. And now that you say it, I think about that more so because you you kind of like you're flirting with one end or the other because if you do you become too fixated on your physical, it creates that stress. Yep. You have that stressor, which eventually leads you to be unhealthy. Like I don't think right. you can be like mentally healthy and not physically healthy. Like, it, it kind of, like, pushes one on the other. So, like, it's really just finding that in-between balance of just dealing with all the things you're dealing with. Yeah. And another aspect to that, too, that I will mention, just so people are aware of it, is our gut and our brain are so connected. So when you feel stress in your brain, you know, you're feeling a lot of emotions, that impacts your gut. And your gut is like your second brain. Mm -hmm. So if we are not taking care of it in that way, then you may notice that you have, you know, GI issues or you may notice that you don't have a lot of good energy. You know, there's so many things that could impact that. But, you know, what I'm saying like there there's our bodies are so connected and that stress that we have impacts everything. That's good. This is this has been great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we did it. Yeah. You really answered that. all the questions I asked you. They were I felt like people wanted to know, but there are questions that I really wanted to have answers oh. to as well. So yeah. that was good. Yay. I'm glad we did it. I'm um, so glad. Yeah. This where can great. people find you if they need yeah. your, for more information about what you do? Yeah. So um, my Instagram is balanced.nutrition, and then I have a website, jennacorsinutrition.com. And then I actually have a podcast as well. It's called Grace Over Guilt. And that's on all podcasts, you know, stations, whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I do one-on-one coaching for nutrition, body image, and then I have a course coming out called Reclaim Your Health. So yeah, improving your eating and lifestyle through mindset shifts, wellness practices, and um, yeah, I'm just so excited for it. It's going to be so good. And gentle nutrition. That's the last part, the gentle nutrition part. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in and checking out today's episode on the Evolution Podcast. Have a blessed day. And I'll leave you with this. Regardless of who you are, what you have, life always has more for you. Keep evolving. Thank you.